Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. I have a question for you. What is the game called? What did you refer to it as where you knock on someone's door and then run away? Mickey knocky nine doors. <laughs> That's very interesting. So it's what apparently call it? it's been dividing people. So I would call it knocky door ginger. <laughs> Have you heard Nicky Nocky Nine Doors before? Not until I saw this post. It was um, someone Scottish saying, I've never felt the disgust in my life of being Scottish and calling it chappy, but having my English boyfriend reveal that he calls it Nicky Nocky Nine Doors. <laughs> what in the Charles Dickens shite is that? <laughs> what did you call it? Nicky Nocky Ginger? Nocky Door Ginger. Why? Ding Dong Dick. I mean, I- apparently is another one. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Someone's commented saying, "I hate the c words." I don't know if we're allowed the c word on the on the podcast. That cry, knock door run. Oh, I that's me away for a game of knocky door run, and then meeting my pals for a game of kickball into goals. <laughs> Did you ever go trick or treating? Once or twice. I wasn't big on it. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, like you were big on the scene? Is that what yeah, you mean? I wasn't like a uh, frequent. I didn't. Did you not like it? I think just as a traditional Muslim family, we we weren't very into these kind of satanic rituals. <laughs> <laughs> these pagan pagan rituals. <laughs> Because um, it, it, for some reason, that like it feels Nicky Nocky Nine Doors and like trick or treating all feels part and parcel of the same part of my life for me. And past the parcel, part and parcel. I think past the parcel was earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, musical chairs, party games, knick knack, knock a dolly, knock down ginger. That's close. Is it, were you big on this then? Was this was this more your scene? Were you quite well known on the Nicky Nocky Nine Doors oh, yeah. circuit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go do like guest, guest appearances like Birmingham for the weekend where you'd go do Nicky Nocky Nine Doors. Nicky Nocky... Oh, try and do Nicky Nocky Nine Doors in a Birmingham accent. Nicky Nocky Nine Doors. <laughs> nine Doors. <laughs> Whereas Liverpool would be like Nicky Nocky Nine Doors. <laughs> so... I think I had like two neighbours when I was younger, so they would always know it was me because it's you know the the four year old that lives next door. Uh, right, nothing <laughs> to do. Is that was it the house I've been to? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can I can absolutely see 
uh, it would be very hard to disguise <laughs> unless there was just 44 year olds who happen to live among the houses I think yeah you're definitely going to get caught final two we've got Jimmy Leggett oh okay you would knock on the door ask for Jimmy they say Jimmy who and then you say Jimmy Leggett and run away very good yeah ring a bell scooch Chickenelli. Ranga banga scoosh. <laughs> Knock a door run. I, I can't believe there are this many names for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm Nicky Knocky Nine Doors is a first for me. So you've never heard that one before. Would you rather that the first aliens that make contact be ro- robotic or organic? Oh. Robotic, because then you get eased in, don't you? Do you? Because you can chat with the robot, you can ask them questions. They're like the the lead magnet before you... But, uh, I mean, so what... So if I'm going to send... If I'm going to send a robot to another planet, it's probably because either I'm worried that like I can't survive on that planet or I have like ill intent and it's a weapon. Yeah, true. If it's a camera or something and then you exploit like the vulnerabilities on the planet. Remotely. You've seen you've seen more of the worlds of like the big the big like leggy like the big spiders that come and like shoot and dis- like No. This is, this didn't actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> Was this on BBC last the, night? The way the way you look really concerned you're like <laughs> we'll end the podcast. Like they send big sort of mechanical spiders from Mars to uh, what is what's the word where someone sort of something goes to gas? Oh, goes to vapor. I know what you mean. vaporize, vaporize. Yeah. yeah. So there's another word where something goes what from it, su- sublimate. Sublimate. Yes. So there's a very similar. The reason I was looking shocked is because I've just seen a film number six of my life. Um, <laughs> It's called A Quiet Place. You know I've it? seen that. Yeah, yeah. I've Have seen you? It. Okay, mm. so if you're listening, there is a spoiler coming, so just skip forward 30 seconds of this podcast. Listen. Um, but yeah, the spiders reminded me of what you were saying there because the, the kind of alien type, very sharp hearing mm. aliens that come and obliterate. So that's what, I mean, that's the, but they're organic, aren't they? The ones I'm yeah. talking about are, are robotic. But you prefer robots. I think I'd prefer... We've both just been coloured by our recent exposure to alien films, though, haven't we? Yeah. I think you're right, though, robots. Because at least I feel like you'd have a crack at disabling the robot. Whereas if something's organic, it's probably pretty advanced. Which is... It's odd, because... We think like, oh, I could take on a robot because they're a bit stupid, you know, just run to the side or like push it over or something. But if someone wanted to make a robot that was actually quite lethal, like have you seen uh, thingy, oh, what are they called? Such a, this whole podcast is us trying to think of things that we can't remember. Is it the Boston video of like the, yeah, I have seen that. Dynamics. Yeah. Which, but it's not, re- it's not the real footage. It's like the somebody's cgi'd a version of it of what it would look like if it like got a hold of a hockey stick or a shotgun and yeah terrifying 
So, I mean, so, 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 so that's a very good example of kind of what I'm trying to say, which is that if that came in your house and you had a gun, you'd have a pretty good crack at stopping it. Because I just think it's it's just it's just mechanical, isn't it? Like it'll have a power source, you'll be able to disconnect it. If it's wired in, yeah. If it's, if yeah. it's plugged into the mains. But like if it's a battery-powered, like heat-seeking thing that has a gun attached to it, and yeah, you, it's a pretty frightening... Prospect. Well, that's assuming that the organic version of the alien that's managed to become interplanetary isn't equally as advanced. True. Just because it's like soft and squidgy. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I think I would like to put my vote on the side of best best avoid both, if possible. If anyone's listening and you have a say in it. Um, it is mad that we don't, we haven't had any aliens yet. Like we've been around well, for a while. Or we have. Well, there is a theory that we are the aliens. Right. Which is a, a very interesting switcheroo on the old narrative. I think it's a misinterpretation of what the word alien means. Because even if we were aliens, we've been around for a while now, so we're no longer really aliens. Like... Mm. A foreigner, especially one who is not a naturalised citizen of the country where he or she is living. So we're naturalised. Or a hypothetical or fictional being from another world. And we're both of those things by that definition. But yeah, I see, I see the point. Like, we've come from somewhere else and now for some reason we can't leave again and no one knows why. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've come from somewhere light years away, but getting to Mars, phew, that's a real, that's a real tricky one. <laughs> Um, final one okay would you rather spend the rest of your life with a sailboat as your home or an RV as your home RV sailboat you're you're limited to I, I know like yeah you've got more room to explore because the sea is 60% of the world or whatever most of the sea is boring I think most of the sea like if I accidentally get stuck in like Sheffield for example I'm not gonna and like my RV stops working I'm not gonna sink and die that's a good point whereas if you were just dropped in a random point in the mm. sea you could be miles away from anywhere I mean, if you sink you've got problems sharks all those fish that have the the mm. thing, the yeah, the bulb, hundreds of them, <laughs> just out to get you. I bet there's some nasty, nasty stuff in the sea. Like if you really get involved in it, like if wow. you've had to live the rest of your life at sea, I bet you'd see some, see some shit, see some stuff. I've well, I've been watching the David Attenborough deep sea creatures. You know when they're like miles deep into the water, like really yeah. deep. Special equipment deep. Yeah, they are so weird. Yeah, well, or, or completely normal. It's just that no one can go down there to see. They're just able to withstand so much pressure as well. Like we, <laughs> yeah. our bodies would inst instantly just collapse or flatten under that much water, and they're yeah. just blobbing along, blobbing along. So that that's my conclusion shambles. from uh, watching deep sea creatures. <laughs> Um, and, and actually, you know, on the topic of deep sea creatures as well, 
do you just do you just watch it like ooh wow <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> Yeah, sorry, you were about to say something related to that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that that actually relates perfectly onto the topic about running your online fitness business. Yeah. That we were going to discuss today. We always do that, don't we? We, like, accidentally end up talking about the, the topic. Yeah, we just very naturally okay. just come right back around. Well, we were going to talk about... Um, so I, we were thinking about what to talk about. I scrolled through Instagram, and I saw four three personal trainers talking something about like uh, morning morning routine and self-development and all that sort of stuff and I don't think we've spoken about this before in the podcast maybe we have I think I've spoken about like my morning routine from a um, like a work perspective like what I do first in the day but um, just our, our views on how important is all that stuff is it a waste of time? Should you be doing any of it? Should I be keeping a journal? Should I be writing my like, gratitude journal, affirmations? So what, what I think happened is the, the make money online sphere on the internet, all the, you know, the kind of aspirational billionaire type content that you see um, very much. Who's the guy that runs Quest? Tom Bilyeu and God. all that lot. <laughs> they love morning <laughs> routines. They've got such a stiffy for that stuff and that's fed down from aspirational billionaires to personal trainers who now recommend that to their clients mm. i think that's been the the flow of information and it's become fetishized to the point where some people will have a two-hour morning routine i think i've come around to you know we, i think we, we've both done extended morning routines in the past I think Chris mm -hmm. had a six-hour one by by one point. We we've now come almost full circle to having quite a minimal one, like waking up, doing maybe one thing that's for yourself, and then just getting on with work. Because mm. a two-hour morning routine is two hours of the best focused time of the day that you're not doing the most important work task. Yeah, uh, that's I think that's the biggest problem with them. To be honest, is that the for most people, I think, the first, like pre-lunch, let's say, is probably when you're most awake, most alert, have the, the, the greatest ability to tackle like the really difficult thing. And if you spend two hours of that doing stuff to prepare you for work for the rest of the day, it just seems a little contradictory. But we both, as you say, like we've both spent a lot of time because it is so heavily advised from so many different people that that's what you should be doing it's hard to question it without having actually experienced it and so people end up building these really convoluted like you've got to read and you've got to have a paper journal that you write in and you've got to meditate and you've got to do your breath work and you've got to do your yoga and then you've got to have a cold shower and you've got to write your affirmations down and you're like you're literally like 90 minutes two hours into doing stuff and you've not actually done anything yet All of these individual things have benefit in themselves, but you've sometimes you've just got to pick one. It's almost like you go to the gym and you say, oh, well, I could spend three hours here and I could do some speed work and I could do some strength work and then I could do some cardio and then, oh, I might do a bit of flexibility and then I might do um, some like kettlebell skills and then I'll do some Turkish get-ups. Like, 
fine. Like none of them have, well, apart from the kettlebells, none of them have <laughs> a problematic in themselves, but you've got to pick your battles sometimes. Do you think any of those things I mentioned do actually, like I think meditation, I think we're fairly agreed upon. I think a lot of the research has agreed upon that it does do something. Mm. But do you think any of the other stuff does anything? I would say journaling, yes, for mental clarity. Affirmations, probably not in the way that most people will think they do. Them. Yeah. I think the, there's been a recent wave of led by The Secret and what's his name? Abraham, uh, Abraham, whatever his name is. And these kind of people that are almost taking a diluted version of Napoleon Hill and Neville Goddard and these kind of people and instead turning it into something that's a little bit more like a Argos catalogue and making it seem like you can just imagine your your ultimate life and then things just happen or you can just say some affirmations and and of course like if you market something as like a magic pill or an amulet that you can just wave a, a wand and do of course people are going to be more excited by that yeah it's very enticing seems like the one the one thing they're missing basically mm -hmm. so i think that's really an artifact of those bits of misinformation that people now just do day to day um it's not to say well, the entire thing is is bunk but um it's certainly misapplied so what do you think that i guess we'll keep it like related to so you know over lockdown i think a lot of people tasted sort of working from home more um a lot of people we talk to have been coaching online some of them are trying to continue coaching online. And I think if you do that for long enough, if you work from home remotely long enough, you end up in this world somehow, like you end up starting to design your morning routine. What, what do you think, like, what is the 80-20 of all of that? So if I, I want to do a morning routine, like why, firstly, and what should I do? Yeah. I realise I'm, I'm fully just throwing it all no, in. No, no, I, I like this. So I would pick one of those many things that you laid out and do it immediately on waking. So it could be a ritual. It could be literally waking up, walking the dog, putting some earphones in, listening to 20 minutes of an audio book. Ideally, something that moves your body, something that gets you outside, just to create a, a delineation between like being in a dark room with a, with a cover on you and being mm -hmm. awake and outside. And then take all the other stuff that you want to do, the meditation, the stretching, the affirmations, the journal, the visualization whatever though whatever those things you want to do are and spread them throughout the day menno henselmans came on the podcast a few months ago and he's very anti-meditation in the morning he's not anti-meditation overall but he says if you're doing something which the prime goal of it is to quiet your mind and you do it immediately on waking at the time when your mind is already most quiet what are you really achieving now I see his point there that really you want to save that for like six hours into work where you, your head's feeling full of stuff and you're like, oh, I need, a, I need a break. I need to complete, like, wipe the slate clean. So that's, that's one argument. I, now, I, I do appreciate that f personally my adherence to meditation goes off the cliff when I don't do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. You've got to bear that in mind that if you're the kind of person that 
just can't get a set routine with meditating if you try and do it in the evenings because evenings are always more busy than you think then maybe you need to get it done in the morning just so that you can clock in your hours do you not think that's the same with anything though like it whatever you do first thing in the morning like your adherence is higher like if i said training you've got to train I, I i don't mind training in the evenings yeah neither do i i, I i've tried moving when i train around a lot and I think the time I'm most consistent with it is like a, I quite like it as sort of a line in my day of like, I stop working, go train, and then the rest of my day is free. A lot of people that try and do it like as a break, which I've tried quite a few times, or first thing in the morning, which I've tried quite a few times, but I they always seem to, but anyway, my, my point is like, if you just decided I'm going to train in the morning, you would probably find your adherence over six months was higher. Because the, the problem with evening training is as soon as you have to do anything in the evening, you miss your training. Yeah. That's, that's the problem with meditation, right? Like, you're like, oh, I meditate tonight, and then you go out for dinner, or you have something, or like you work later, and then it's 10 p.m., you're like, oh, yeah, I need to do this, and I go to bed, don't have time to meditate. Then you're always faced with, okay, it's bedtime, I now have a direct trade-off between sleep or meditate, and it feels stupid to delay your well, bedtime. But that, that trade-off always exists. Yeah, it does. <laughs> just that it you doesn't know. just exist at night. It's just less. It's more. You're more aware of it when you're it's about to go to bed. Three in the afternoon, that trade-off is still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just don't realise that you're pushing something else forward into that window. <laughs> wow. Well, that's the problem with all, all of this stuff. Is like people think that there's something magical about a morning routine or doing anything at that time of the day. But all, all you're doing is saying, "I have this many hours." And I'm going to devote some of them to writing down what I feel grateful for in a in a paper journal. And like, is that a good use? Does that feel like a good use of time? And I think when you remove it from sort of the morning routine halo of this, these like magical set of tasks. And as you just said, like, do that at 4 p.m. People are like, no, why would I do it at 4 p.m.? Like, well, precisely, precisely. It's exactly the same as if you do it at 5 a.m. or 4 p.m. It's just that it seems really like entrepreneur hustle grind Gary V at 5am and at 4pm it just seems like a bit of a waste of time it doesn't sound sexy to have a 4pm routine (laughs) yeah exactly whereas have you seen the guy that makes fun of the like he's like I get up at 2pm the day before because I'm (laughs) I'm an absolute hustle grind preneur and then I like and it, it, it is like a it carries them through like it's like you know i have my laptop in the shower and i'm getting my virtual assistant to brush my teeth and like it's mm-hmm. it's brilliant after just taking the mick of it all yeah i'll stick it in what so you as we are recording this it is august you are can we talk about this quitting yeah <laughs> <laughs> take the risk well uh, well, <laughs> well we, we don't have to if we don't want i'll tell you what if let's say hypothetically i'll tell you what i'm going to pause the recording <laughs> oh a, god right I'll... recording resumed it was a lot more innocuous than i'd expected goodness me so i really want to want to know what you expected i don't know it was <laughs> something really juicy all oh, right I was just because obviously Yusuf is currently juggling propane and medicine and being a doctor. I can remember when I was doing 
accountancy and propane. And I always used to think like, oh, when, like, or if, hypothetically, I was to quit, what would I, like, how would I spend my day? Like, how would I arrange all these things? So like, I think that's a that's the same position that a lot of people who have just moved into doing this full time or maybe want to are trying to juggle. Like suddenly they don't have to go to the gym to manage a client. Suddenly they don't, they can just, the day's their own, they're at home. Talk me through like a, the ideal day in the life of Yusuf. Yeah. Well, currently when you have multiple demands on your time, you, the stuff that you allocate your time shifts towards the quadrant of urgent and important only. Mm. And if you're sometimes that stuff, you don't even get through all that stuff. So you, you end up with still some stuff that's lapsed from the urgent, important quadrant. Ideally, if you have more time, you should be scheduling in some stuff that is important, not urgent. That's the, the stuff that really grows your business over time. And when you're under stress, those things don't get done. And everyone's worst nightmare is, you know, five years down the line, you realize that you've done nothing from the important, not urgent quadrant, and you've only been doing urgent, important, and maybe even urgent, not important, which is a a real Awful. boon. So... <laughs> so the, the thing that I'm looking most forward to doing is being able to wake up and say, oh, I can work across two quadrants now and then just automate and delegate the other two quadrants as any upstanding citizen should <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay so you give me like the the high level but mm. are you gonna are you gonna wake up early are you gonna wake up are you gonna get more sleep i think wake up at the same time okay um i think usually the the hours if you are like a normal person and you go to bed at like anything between 10 and 12 then the last hour of your day is not very productive and you could always you'd always be better off substituting that with morning time i mean that like when it comes to self-development that's pretty much it to be honest or even just get another get an extra hour of sleep yeah it is the most like it's it's, it's parent advice isn't it, <laughs> it is the most grandparent advice but that the way you feel on a daily basis is 1.5 times, I think. Yeah, Just absolutely. getting an extra hour. Um, the the next thing is, I I would have some kind of practice in the morning, whether it's meditating or not. Yes, I see what Menno is saying, but adherence-wise, if I'm going to get the time in, I'll do that and then pick maybe another practice to do later on, whether that's training or breath or yoga or something. And then just sit and work through the big chunky frog of the day for the first two or three hours take a pause have some lunch and then work through some important not urgent stuff in the afternoon and i think if you just rinse and repeat that we we always talk about time boxing so setting out time in your day that's maybe um admin and accounts that kind of stuff inbound communication inbound responses client management building your business 
and content creation. For example, those are some categories. And if you set time boxes each day, making sure that each box is at least three or, f three or four hours long, not like 20 minutes long, because you'll just be spending so much time switching that it won't be worth it. Maybe even a day long, if you can manage and set up your week like that, then rather than trying to do everything at once and feeling like you're just kind of putting out small fires, if you can have a day where you're like, right, I'm just doing content today, or I'm just writing an email automation or whatever, you just make much bigger strides. It's, it's the, it, I think it's the advice that no one wants, is it? That like the, just operating like that, which is, I mean, imagine trying to write, like make an info product about that or like turn that into a book or turn that into like a sexy Instagram post. Like you can't because no one wants to hear it. It's just wake up after having plenty of sleep, maybe meditate and then work for a day and then stop work and then get plenty of sleep and then do it again. <laughs> well, the the biggest thing for me has always been not, it's not doing what I'm doing. That's the problem. It's being comfortable with not doing what I'm not doing. And I think these are two sides of the same coin that you have to be really comfortable with. And this is why David Allen, why his method works so well and how you've taken to OmniFocus so well, because if you have a very complete capture system, you know that anything you could possibly need to do, it's in the system, it's fine, it'll get dealt with. And that means that I've now freed up all of my bandwidth to sit down and do just this one task because there's nothing else that I should be doing that I'm not doing right now. What is your, what do you feel like your biggest in like the capture, do, review framework? What Do you feel like your biggest weakness is still review? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm I'm getting to the point where my like my system needs maintain maintaining like it needs more maintaining than I give it. Um, and I feel like that. So again, like in keeping with morning routine, I think if you took away all the stuff, the people that you're doing, and instead replace that with thirty minutes of just maintaining your task and like commitment management, the yield you'd get on that is way higher than journaling just like, like a one to ten your... ratio like yeah. one or, or even even less like half an hour for every 10 hours of work yeah just planning yeah but we like don't I, do it I, because we, we're just like oh i need to deal with this urgent children. important thing so I, i've got this uh i've got this theory that the days when i clear my like tick ticks like presumably very like basic and rudimentary and terribly designed but the um <laughs> you must have like an intray like an inbox yeah do you so is the way that you process things is you'll like add them to your inbox and then do you put them into like projects and process that or do you work from your inbox no i, I try and code them into it. so with tick tick as well you can there's a quick capture that you can do from anywhere so keyboard shortcut start typing the task add a timestamp and add a list and it'll just put it into the right okay box so there's, does something stay in the inbox until unless it's had a project or a list assigned to it yeah yeah so in my inbox is still massive but with low priority tasks so i i will try like one of my things that i try and do every day is, is zero that and that will include like doing something that is a two minute thing so Every day that I do that, I feel way better than when I don't. And as soon as I don't do it for one day, 
I just feel completely behind. And it's such a basic thing. But that, but that, so in terms of like how to decide what you do in terms of self-development or maintaining your productivity, contrast that to filling in my five-minute diary or, or whatever the, you know whatever the thing is you're picking and really try and evaluate like, okay, I've been doing this for however many days now because I heard someone talk about it and it's a good thing to do. Like really try and evaluate like what am I actually getting out of it? The chances are it's probably probably not that much, and I don't mean to like rubbish gratitude journaling, but I just I just think it it is all about this trade off with sleep and food and training and family time and leisure, and you do yeah. have to pick carefully what it is that you're doing ultimately. I think gratitude journaling is you know if if you're if you're the kind of person that has a, a like a negative tint to your thoughts, then yes, it'll be useful. But it's picking the right tool for the job, and actually. I think more open-ended journaling is probably more useful for people, particularly to even pick up on these things. If you have some way of saying like, okay, now I have started doing this practice in the mornings and you journal, and you, you journal that two weeks later, you say, this is the impact or here's how I'm feeling currently. And you can look back and be like, ah, I started doing this back here. And then this is the impact that it's having now. And I know we talked about this a while ago of having some method to close the loop or to, or having a, a feedback loop mechanism in your in your day so that you know that things you're doing are actually having the desired effect sounds really simple again but it's it's, it's really hard to to do in practice well i think you i think I, like i would refer that to that as like a some kind of self-review process like weekly or monthly or what daily of like what am i learning about what's happening Basically. Would you would would you build that into your task management system, or would it be part of a a looser kind of journal? It, to be honest, it's it's the thing, it's the remaining like piece of the puzzle that I still don't feel very good at. Like it, I I feel like I for ages I really struggled with like just ta like little tasks and sort of where to keep them and, and like what role my calendar played and all of that and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like I have arrived at something that I've been doing consistently for a long time. But that stuff of like what's going well, what's not going well, what am I going to do about what's going well, what am I going to do about not going not what what is not going well? It's probably something for like notion or you know it's probably it probably needs like a dedicated um it's probably a dedicated thing that you do like once a week or once a month and you think like what what am I <laughs> Just one sec. Are you looking too today? Yeah. We can go again. This is a um, a free app idea. If you're an app developer, that there is nothing that I know of that connects seamlessly task management to higher level planning and big picture goals thinking. I've, do you think I've they seen, need to be connected? Well, it, it's a difficult one. Like I've seen apps that try and do it. They try and take similar to our kind of goals process and have like, you know, every task you do, you have to connect it to like a higher level vision thing. And But it it can be a bit complicated and clunky when you really just want to like go in and just do the task. However, it's I don't think you should have it in an external brain because buy some milk shouldn't necessarily be in the same zone, in the same app as achieve xyz revenue target or get married or <laughs> something like that yeah that's a good that's a good point well I, I i do think notion is the biggest candidate for it 
I, d- I, I kind of feel like they should be separate. Like, I think this is where you and I differ on this stuff. I think calendar should be separate to task management. And I think probably reference material should be separate as well. Um, and then yeah. this is, is like a weird kind of a hybrid. Like, I, I agree, there's more of a more of an argument to link it together to something. But um, you're right, like, just managing your tick tick or your OmniFocus or your to-do list, that doesn't really pay attention to, like, well, what do you want to do over the next five years of your life? Am I doing the right stuff? Yeah. And, yeah, you know, there's many ways to divide your domains. There is the, the Tiago Forte classic para, so projects, areas, resources, archives, and that goes from transient to permanent in that order. But some of the things you, yeah, like even within your task management system, there will be things that have different levels of permanence. So it's not a clear way to say like, oh, okay, that goes into the permanent directory and that goes into the task management. But the problem is that the tasks are really the daily, that's the way that you're spending your life. Like that's what's peddling the, the ship yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So so you do need to connect it to your big picture mission. Otherwise you, you are going to be taken in the wrong direction over time. Just but, like reread getting things done. I bet he's got the answer. It, it, it covers all of it. It's the different, like, right, like you, there's the 30,000 feet view, there's the, the, you look at those and then you look at those across the different domains to look at what's going on and then you pick that, put that into, like, the work planning, different work planning methodologies of, like, what am I going to do today? How am I going to plan my week? Well, if anyone listening has cracked this nut and is thinking, you two are imbeciles, you just need Idiots. to use this or do this then do let us know um i would love to hear what what you what system you use how you organize the information whether you're an entirely notion life planner whether you use something like obsidian and you know treat your notes as tasks and projects if you use tags um here's a question for you actually yeah completely selfish is it possible to forward emails to Apple Notes. No. I mean, that's pretty terrible from my perspective. I think you can forward them to reminders. Um, that, and there may be some kind of plugin that you can you can use. <clears throat> In fact, no, there definitely will. There'll be some kind of Alfred workflow that you can highlight an email and then do something. I some- mean, to be honest, like I imagine somebody from Apple listening would tell me to just use the folders in mail. Oh, you know what you can do? Hook. There is an app, there's a Mac app called Hook where you can create internal links to anything and from anything. So okay. you could... Uh, so link it to an Apple, link it to a... Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't need to be in notes, to be honest. It's more like if I'm processing my email inbox and something's reference material, normally I would type A, E, V, to A, E, V, it would go boop. Um, my Alfred snippet would fork to my Evernote forwarding email address, and I'd send it to Evernote. That's cool. So, like, so I know if I'm looking for, like, a com- an email confirmation from somewhere I'm staying or, like, you know, anything, any email that you get that includes, like, a, a reference code or a document or something you need, I know where I'll just look in Evernote and it'll be there. But I should just look in mail, shouldn't I? 
I suppose you could do that. Or the, the other quickest way is like, if you have a folder in Apple notes, that's just called like transient stuff um, for things that expire and just right. control a copy paste yeah. into the, into Put the note. Um, okay. How do we end up talking about this? <laughs> Morning routines. Oh, but yeah. So like, <clears throat> I think this is the only exception I would make to sort of, stuff that I think is really worth spending time on on a daily basis is maintaining all of this stuff because I think really the answer to achieving more, feeling better, being more productive does just come down to carving out, as you were saying, like big chunks of your day for uninterrupted work with maybe maybe meditate in the morning, but largely speaking, you wake up and you start work if you can control your time. Then the, the more important question is, well, what am I doing in that time? And if all you're doing is working and never having any time to zoom out and think well what are the things that I could be doing and what are all the projects I have going on and what could require my, require my attention then I think that could easily be misguided well this is a significant thing you could fill your day with work that's completely ineffective and completely not useful if you just had your nose pressed against the grindstone with no with no moment to look up and be like hang on am I doing the right stuff like anyone can fill their day with pointless work. So I think a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose like something attached to that, which is something we're doing in, uh, in propane at the moment is an easy way to know if you're wasting your time or not is take a step back. And so we're going through the business and applying like the e-myth lens to everything. So like trying to put, put everything into processes and something we did like, no, five years ago, we're kind of doing it again um, with Alex's input and guidance and overseeing the whole process and stopping Yusuf and I from fighting and being nasty to each other. Um, and uh, one of the things that, one of the easiest ways to know if you're wasting your time is think like, how can I, what's a way of measuring this, th this being a fit, like this moving in the right direction or not? So if you're like, okay, I'm going to three hours of producing content, for example. So, okay, well, why are you producing, producing the content? Where is it going? What is the goal of this strategy? How can I measure in six months whether it's working or not? And then you kind of, you have to be sort of accountable to something. It's not just, oh, well, it's fun making Canva graphics. So I'm going to spend a lot of time doing that because it feels kind of effective. If the goal is to get clients, is it getting clients? How do you know it's getting clients? How can you absolutely attribute the clients to the graphics that you're making? And have something like that in place. Because otherwise you can, you can just waste a year. Yeah, stuff. I mean, ha having weekly meetings where rather than all of us in the team just going away and scurrying away doing our things and then like forgetting that that's a piece in the puzzle of a larger system, mm. coming back and being like, oh, I've been doing this. Oh, okay, why have you been doing this? Oh, because it does this. Ah, oh, actually, it would be better if you did it this way. And having that, that feedback loop again means that you can do things properly. And it it's really a big part of the reason why we've switched over the last 10 years from feed-based content to search-based content. Now, most of our yeah. feed-based content is just bits of the search-based content repurposed. Repurposed, yeah. Yeah, all, all because we're, we're constantly, well, I guess it's what we were speaking about, right? Like reviewing what's going well, what's not going well. How can we improve this various piece of it? But it, that does dictate like what, what we do tomorrow, right? And I think that's the... When you contrast like what we're talking about now, what we said at the beginning of like 
a, a four-hour morning routine that includes all of those things, which ironically is designed to like help you achieve your goals, right? None of it actually does. And it's it's easy to do all that stuff. Like no one ever sits down to fill in a gratitude journal and thinks this is impossibly difficult. I, I cannot I cannot face this task. It just involves too much mental energy. Whereas sitting down and thinking which area of my business is the weakest and what are some strategies I can put into place and how can I carve out time in my week to just work on that without distraction and how can I keep on top of all of the things I could do. That is the difficult stuff, but ultimately will will really make a difference. I mean, you you could always, just just an idea, you could always hire a coach who could okay. help give you that objectivity and lay out the entire map on how to do all that stuff and save you a, a few years of you know hitting your head against the wall yourself but you know great idea great idea if i if i did want to do that like if i wanted to i don't know find a pro, an example of a program that might be a really good place to start like would i go to propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast that that's what i'd recommend and then yeah. at least you know you'd, you'd be taking the example from people who have actually done this and wow what a valuable podcast i'll go there now and i'll enter my information and i'll watch the video and then i'll speak to one of the team and discuss my options well i've i've heard the video actually goes through the entire process on how to build a leveraged coaching offer to handle 50 to 100 mid-ticket clients for for free like i can watch that for free it's entirely for free yeah my goodness what amazing entity what amazing business has put that together and isn't even asking for for payment i mean some have described it as a godsend (laughs) (laughs) amazing seriously the jokes aside that is that is what you should do now immediately (laughs) unless you're driving then pull over park very safely handbrake on and then do it immediately don't do it when you're driving because you can't sign up for our full program if you're dead so (laughs) Okay, bye then. Okay, bye then. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.